All right, we're back here, Stripe Show Podcast. Hope everyone is uh, doing okay out there, staying safe. Lots going on in the world, but uh, you know the one constant in much of this country? I know there's a few states that uh, have been closed down uh, when it comes to golf, but uh, golf continues on, and um, it's uh, it's moving forward here in the state of Florida, and I know it's been moving in the uh, home state of this week's guest up in Georgia, uh, one of the top teachers in the game, John Tillery. Hey, John, thanks so much for your time. Welcome into the uh, Stripe Show podcast. Yeah, Travis. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, I know um, I know you've been teaching still up in Georgia, and um, I think you've been hitting a few balls yourself, haven't you? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I can't decide which way I like better, you know, and I'm busy on the road, um, and, I, you know, it's almost like I forget that I suck, and then when I work on it, <laughs> I, you know, I love, to, I love to grind, but when you hang around all the guys I do, it's like um, you forget what a sort of average shot looks like over and over and <laughs> just like this vicious cycle so i'm kind of ready to get back busy so i can kind of forget about it for a little while now john you're you're a good player i mean you played in college <laughs> um you know let's let's not let's let's set up let's set the listeners straight here john is a good player he, he he played in college he played on the mini tours i mean uh john's a real golfer but he's also a real teacher and gets to uh, uh spend a lot of time with uh, a lot of the best players um in the world and it is humbling man i gotta tell you <laughs> You know, you sit there and you watch these guys hit golf balls and it just it's amazing. And then you go out there and you watch them play the golf course and, you know, just shoot 66 like like it was nothing Um, tumbling. It just there's a huge gap. I mean, people look at me sometimes and, you know, I can get around. okay, yeah, 73 or whatever. And they're like, well, why don't you play the tours? Like, because I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I think half the reason that I always always try to push myself and work on it on my own game for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, I think it's important for, uh, you might not be able to substitute athleticism and, um, to that degree or just talent in general. But, um, I think it's important to be able to go through and feel and be able to explain things from a player's side. And, and then I always just want, when my guys come here and work with me, I want to, or if we ever go play and especially like somebody like kids, they talk so much trash. You want to be able to at least kind of push them along. And it it rarely works that way, but every now and then I'm hanging around there for a little while. Yeah, and uh, John is the uh, is the coach to a kids. You heard his name there, Kevin Kisner, um, Scott Brown, Bryce Garnett, and then um, your newest uh, prodigy and student, Ricky Fowler. So you've got quite the stable right now, John. You um you got to be itching a little bit to get back out there and, and get rolling again with these boys. I am. Yeah, it's been it's been a uh, you know it's part of it was a little bit of a refreshing kind of break away from this uh, hustle bustle of the road and running around, but um, I'm missing. Uh, I'm missing being out there and grinding on them and then getting out shot tracker and biting my nails and <laughs> trying to get after, trying to beat people. So I'm ready to get going. You know, Kisner, I want to start with him for a minute here. You know, you've done a great job with Kevin Kisner. He's been with you for a while now. And, you know, if I use Kevin Kisner's swing as an example a lot, um, it's a very simple swing. I watch it. Um, don't don't tell him that. Okay, it, it looks uh, <laughs> it, it it looks the face looks very square to me. Yeah. Um, you know the the shaft is working up and down the line. You know cleanly, his body rotates beautifully. Minimal face rotation. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of checks all the box for me. I look at it. It looks simple. It looks repeatable. How would you How would you describe it? Yeah, I'd agree with all that. He's a. Um, I don't think we're ever going to be necessarily a finished product or ever be super happy. He's a, he's a perfectionist too, like me. And, um, so we kind of, it's good for each other cause we keep pushing and pushing and pushing, but, uh, 
but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we're trying to do. You know, it's like trying to build this thing to be as efficient as it, as it can. Um, if it's not going to be, the game's changed a bunch. And if, if somebody's not going to fly it to the other end of the range, um, you know, I want them just to keep on jabbing them right in the mouth yeah. over and over. So, and, uh, just be relentless. So he, uh, it's getting cleaner and cleaner and he keeps working hard at it. So I agree. There's not a whole lot that can, uh, too far off right now. So yeah, it, it does. It looks like, man, you know, what can really go wrong with that? And he's not a bomber. He's got to be a bit of a tacticianer. Um, and I mean, he is a bulldog. I mean, obviously he went to Georgia, but he looks like a bulldog out there on the golf course. That dude looks, I don't know, Kevin, but that dude looks like a big time competitor to me. He looks like he's like trying to burn a, a hole through someone's forehead out there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's not scared. He's the guy that kind of comes in and shoots all his bolts first just in case somebody had one. Um. <laughs> so when you when I when you look at Kiz, you know, right now, I mean, obviously he's had he's had a good career, but I'm sorry, I'm gonna go ahead and state this. He he's gotta feel a little slighted now, President's Cup, Ryder Cup being left off. I mean, come on, it's gotta be burning a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, I see I mean it burns him. I don't think he feels slighted, you know. He I mean he he said, "Hey, I didn't do what I had to do when it was, you know, when it was picking time. And if you know, if want to make the team, make the team." And uh, but obviously, I mean, I'm a, so you know, we can't blame that necessarily. But uh, I mean, I'm obviously a little biased. You know, he's such a good match play yeah. player, and he's so good in team uh, in a team environment, and guys like him. And uh, he hates losing. And he's super competitive, and he's not scared of anything. So. I'm biased. I think he's a, you know, he's made for those teams. And I know the President's Cup in, I guess, 17 was the, probably been the highlight of his career, you know. Uh, yep. And uh, so he really wants to get in there. So we need to do it the right way and actually earn our spot so we don't have to be let down. Yeah, certainly in the Ryder Cup, I think they could have used right some of that accuracy off the tee, um, yeah. you know, and how penal it was off of the tee. T- give us some insight here, um, John, with Kiz. Like, when you took him over and on this progression now that you guys are on, I mean, if you had to say one or two things technically that has gotten better that you think has really moved him forward, what, what would you say it would be? Whew. I mean, to be honest, it's a pretty, it was a pretty, uh, pretty serious overhaul. He might have made more change than any tour player of uh, worked with before to be honest now granted it's been relentless pursuit over gosh at least six years maybe close to seven years now so um but yeah he's really changed honestly he's changed a ton how his uh lower body works just the the, the direction the golf club is moving up and down mm-hmm. the twisting around with the face like you said so it's uh he's kind of all the things you listed above or all the things he kind of put in yeah is it is it like more of a changing of knee flex with him? Like, is he top of the swing over the years? Has he become more in you know more inclination right side higher than the left? Yeah, so everything used to be real flat, real deep. Okay, um, mm-hmm. everything's twisted open, and he just had a hard time getting out of it. So back the other way, so you know he tried to spin open as hard as he could and pull on his arms, and he just you know he would stall out and he's super steep and a lot of heel hits and just um and he's such a good player he'd figure out how to stick it in the dirt and twist it close as hard as he could and when he had it timed up he could make it work and um he's always been a good putter and confident but uh those are the things we were trying to clean up and and yeah he's done a pretty unbelievable job when we i, I saved the first swing i had of him because if he ever gives me any smack talk <laughs> i just sending that back 
how do you keep that? How do you keep that in line with these guys? I mean, <laughs> you and Kisner, obviously, probably, you know, you guys are both competitive and perfectionists, but at the same time, you know, kind of laid back, kind of throw it around a little bit, have a beer, oh, yeah. you know, chill out a little bit. So that's probably pretty natural for you guys. But how do you keep that in check? Like, I'm the coach, you're the player. I know you go out and perform, but when you really want to get something across, you know, the re- the respect is there where it's like, hey, man, here's what I need you to do. Right. Yeah, I think there's a mutual respect um, both ways. You know, we're we're friends. We've become pretty close friends over over this period of time. We've worked together, and I think that's important that, uh, you know, everybody's in it for the long haul, and everybody knows that everybody is in it for all the right reasons and, uh, right. and that everybody's all invested. So uh, there's definitely a back and forth. Um, me and him will be friends and cut up and do everything he said away, and then um, – but we've somehow we've managed to when we're in front of each other working, um, we're pretty locked down on what it is we're doing and we'll have fights yeah. back and forth. And sometimes, you know, they turn out for the better. And so we've done a good job at kind of separating those two pieces. And honestly, when we're away from the driving range or a tournament, we don't even we rarely even talk golf. So that kind of keeps it fresh when we are together. Looking at his stats last year, of course, you know, this year's has not much right. has happened, not much of a sample size. Look at him last year. You know, Kiz hits at about 286 off the tee, um, which is about PJ Tour yeah. average, but he's positive in strokes gain. So he's, you know, he's 74th in strokes gain off the tee. And then a strokes gain approach, he's 52nd. So, you know, he's overcoming, um, you know, some of the distance that he's giving up, which is a considerable amount to a lot of players, of course, this being um, the distance era. When I look at Kisner, is it fair to say that dude hits some of the cleanest, like, shots around the green where the ball face contact is so damn good (laughs) and clean like he just looks like he's accelerating and completely instinctive with these like medium spinners around the green i mean he's is that correct i know he he hold one at the zurich right which was moving which was moving fast but that's the kind of shot i'm talking about in that i think he sculled that one but i know what you mean (laughs) <laughs> yeah like he's hit some shots i can't like give you one example of this at the, right right but i've seen so many of them over the years like like that guy looks so confident in that shot in the the friction and the spin is so great like it's world class is that is that yeah fair? there's definitely a there's definitely a distance um kind of around that one that you were talking about there's a distance where he's uh super confident and um and it's interesting because i mean he's gotten he struggled on when it gets closer and closer to the hole that was has been a big weakness for a long time believe it or not and then once he gets out a little further um it turns into you know like he's born to do it so Right. He's actually worked a good bit uh, the last few years with a really close friend of mine, Tim Yelverton, in, in Mississippi, who's a short game coach and based almost specifically on um, those up super close um, chipping. And he's and he's gotten a lot better. And so that, that's been fun to watch. And that's what yeah, that's what he needs. You know, we, he needs to be <clears throat> obviously can putt. It's a straight. So that has to be sharp, you know, because when you are getting some of yep. these long ones or you do hit it big rough and best you can do is get up there around the green. I mean, he's got to be able to uh, scramble to, to re- you know, to compete, to reach his goals, especially in the bigger events. So, Right. Talk about Ricky for a minute. Ricky Fowl, you started working with him. Um, you know, I know you guys are making some changes and he's kind of going through this. You know, what can you what can you share with um, about Ricky and kind of where he's at right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's a great guy. He's obviously an unbelievable player, um, and he's had great coaches. He's just 
the guy that's trying to get maybe into that kind of turn the corner a little bit into that next tier to reach some of his goals and I'm doing everything I can do to, to help him. Um, you know, he's, <clears throat> like I said, I'm trying to, we're, we're essentially just trying to make this thing a little easier for him. I don't need to reinvent the wheel. Um, right. So all the pieces of all the things we're doing is ultimately to get him moving a little better and get the golf club in a little easier place for him to manage it. And if I can do that, I don't, like I said, I don't need to reinvent the wheel or be the hero yep. or be on any uh, praise for it. I need to help him make that job a little easier and then get out of the way. How do you, um, when you're working with a, a world-class player like a Ricky and even go back to your time with Kiz, like, like you said, it was a pretty good overhaul with Kisner. Mm-hmm. You're going through this, you're going through this process. Is there ever a point where you're like, God, holy shit, I hope this works out. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of, <laughs> I used to be maybe a little bit, but now I know that, uh, you know, when I, uh, so like I have a good understanding of all the pieces and I know if I just make it uh, a little, if you understand how the, those pieces work together and then how they, all those compensations kind of match up to make them play good. And then it's like, if I can kind of hit it from both sides, just a little bit here and a little bit there and just make it a little easier um, on them. Then yeah, I, I, to be honest with yeah. you, I've, I had less success when I tiptoed around or was worried about messing with these guys up and I didn't coach them and okay. push them as hard. And, you know, I vowed on the last one about it, I never would do that again. So um, I was going to throw everything I had at them and tell them exactly what I thought and coach them the same as if they were, a, you know, a, a mini tour player trying to make it. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting you say that because most all the teachers that I've talked to and you've got way more experience working at that level than I do. But even some of the experience that I've had, it, it is the case. Like it's really easy sometimes, especially with like a Ricky Fowler, who, you know, is one of the highest profile players in right. the game. And it's easy to tiptoe and just kind of I don't want to say smoke and mirrors, but like you have a job right. to do, right? And like clearly know what you're doing. And Ricky would have never came to you if he didn't want your guidance. So you got to give it to him, right? I mean, you got to you got to jump in. You got to say, "Hey, man, here's what I think, and here's what I would do." And you yeah. know, you could take or he, you could take it or leave it. You don't want to draw that line, but in some regards, you've got to put your foot in the ground and say, "Hey, man, here's what we're doing." Oh, 100 percent. I think the best players in the world. Uh, I think the the guys that have, have at least the guys they don't even necessarily have to be the, the the top or the most high profile guys. I think the guys that want more than anybody to be the best, they want you to want it that bad too. And they want you to coach them hard. They want you to push them. Um, And I think sometimes if they don't, they feel like maybe they're not getting the, um, the push that they need. And it's, it is, it's, it's not an easy thing necessarily yeah. for early on to do. And, um, luckily I'm getting older. So now a lot of these, you know, now I'm older than my guys a little bit. So that helps. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you're, you're, a, at you're a whole 38 yeah. years old. <laughs> hey, I got cry- a few more weeks on 38. For crying out loud, um, you're still you're you're still on the golf digest top 40 under 40 <laughs> list for crying out loud. Is it? Oh, okay. Had a couple more, <laughs> couple more years. Um, but you know, at least if you, <clears throat> at least if I go that way about it, uh, you know, I can lay my head down and say, hey, yeah. I know what I'm telling them's right. I know the way I'm telling them to do it's right. And I didn't leave, you know, I'm not leaving anything on the table. That's what, that's what they hired you for. You know, they don't need a friend. They need to win. So for Ricky, when, so for Ricky, when he came to you, it's, it's about cleaning some things up and trying to make it a little bit simpler. Is yeah, that fair? that's fair. Okay. And you know, some of the details, and I know you don't like, you know, you don't really want to get into some of those details with, 
you know, some of the more specific things that um, that he's working on. But I think he's kind of alluded to it a little yeah. bit in that, you know, like, hey, he's getting the club shaft perhaps a little bit more vertical going back and um, a little less laid off, which puts him in a little better position to, you know, kind of, you know, kind of, kind of shallow it and rotate a little bit better through impact, which um, could be a little bit better for him long term. Is that yeah, fair? that's fair. And I mean, we're kind of barring some bits and some pieces a little bit from some older patterns and um but yeah, generally speaking, it's if you're going, you get going a little bit the wrong direction at the wrong time and going a little faster than you should when you should be going a little slower and vice versa. And, um, and that thing starts getting slung around there behind you a bunch and you got to do a lot of work. And, and uh, luckily, he's really good at doing that job. And like I said, I'm, I don't need it to look, I don't need somebody to be able to split screen it and necessarily be like, holy cow, I just needed to keep 1% at a time trending um, right. more and more efficient and um, let him take it from there. Let him take it from there. That's interesting, like old patterns. Like, have you found yourself looking at older swings of him and even, you know, some of your other players? Yeah, I'd say with all my guys, you know, I mean, I think that's such a good thing. Uh, I used to get guys who or work with some guys that did some things that maybe you hated, you know, and they were able to compete at, the, at a super high level. Um, if you just looked at a stat sheet versus a golf swing, you almost wouldn't believe it. So um, I think those relationships and those matchups are so important to understand how they're getting the job done. And then how could you hit yeah. – if the more he does this, the more he has to do that. So if I can keep running those boys towards towards middle, then it would be way easier on him. Um, but yeah, I think it's hard not to – you know, it's hard not to look at when somebody was – and obviously there's other factors. And who knows, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's hard not to look back at old at old stuff and kind of see the progression of where things went and um, kind of follow along maybe the results or what have you along as that kind of trended one way or the other and um, for sure. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk patterns for a second because my listeners like to listen to top teachers talk about you know swing shapes, patterns, cause and effect, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, top of the swing, like I would rather see the player, generally speaking, I know any pattern can work. We know that. But generally speaking, you know, the club, I would say I'm lengthening out more players than I'm shortening up the top of the swing. You know, I'm trying to, you know, the, the average player, amateur player, getting them to kind of learning how to turn and recruit and get on this inclination to lengthen out properly versus, say, shorten up so much to the top. Some need to shorten. We know yeah. that. But but more times than not, I'm lengthening more out. How about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on, I think a lot of times, what I see a lot of times on the uh, length or if somebody looks short, a lot of times it's um, what's going when and then kind of the panic button that sends them back the other way because they know they're in trouble. So, um, you know, you might see some of that lengthening out a little bit but a lot of times i don't think people that swing it super short uh do so on purpose right they're um mm-hmm. it's go time and they're trying to figure out what am i going to do now and right. um so yeah i mean i think that when you get the more and more efficient guys get the better the athlete the better their bodies are obviously right they're not needing that but but i'll definitely roll with you in the sense of um you know mr smith the whoever the jobla member that's however many years old that when <laughs> tend to stand there and nothing moves much and nothing moves fast right, right. off the ball. Um, I'm definitely trying to put more in that thing early, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Trying to, you know, Hey, turn your right hip, let your, you know, let your trail knee lose some flexion, um, you know, lose, give them a little spine extension as they, as they lengthen up and all of a sudden, you know, they got some potential energy to work with. 
you know, I look at the top of the swing and, you know, you see a player who, who might get it, as you said, kind of wrapped around you a little bit, like you said with Ricky, you know, all of a sudden then from there, you've got to, you got some work to do, which obviously those players can get it done. Mm-hmm. But when that club points left at the top too much and it kind of gets wrapped around and it gets a little laid off, um, we see that, you know, with players, what, from there, what are the things that happen? Is it naturally mower times and not that shaft's going to st- steepen and transition on the downside? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's interesting. The, uh, you know, the, the bad players that get it over there, will just, they'll just take off, spin around the other way. Like they had no idea that that even happened and, and hit and, right. and shank it and swing way to the left. Right. And a good player disease, they kind of sense the timing issue that they have in closing that gap back up and, and um, twisting that all the work they're going to have to do, twist it back the other way. So um, they'll, they'll tend to what i've seen is they'll tend to slide and you know and pull down and work hard on their arms to get it stood back up trying to catch up it's like you know it's like if i take off turning i'm in i'm in trouble if you take off and and we're talking the club pointing left at the top shafts a little laid off for a right-handed player and so as they take off they get and they what i'm hearing you say they they get lateral they pull down Mm -hmm. The shaft then the shaft then wants to get steep in transition, and then usually that player you'll see them take on a little more side bend, you know, away from right. the target through the impact. Yeah, just trying to do everything they can do to kind of hit, you know, give this thing time to catch back up, you know. Um, so yeah, you definitely see some of those kind of stalls and back outs for sure. How much how much of that stall and, and backup? Like I see that we we know that pattern can work. Um, yep. You know, like we, we see Phil, you know, he gets steep in transition. Um, we've seen, we see Mark Leishman get steep in transition. Ricky certainly over the years gets steep in transition. Yeah. And then these players back up. They're so gifted with their hands. They can make all of that work. But how much of that backup inside then really, you know, leads to the back pain that some of these players get into? I'd say, I'd say a pretty good bit of it. Um, okay. When those things are having to decel that hard and nothing's really stacked up and stable, it's, uh, it's like a car crash going on down there, and you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 the, and the opposite of that would be that they would just be kind of rotation. They would be just freely rotating through the impact zone with with less side bend. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And what what are some things like so to kind of create that environment? You know, with players, whether it's a whether it's a tour player or an amateur, you know, what, what are you, what kind of work is being done in the backswing and downswing to, to maybe free that kind of player up where they can rotate without that excessive side bend and eliminate some of that back pain? Yeah, I think, like you said, I think so much of it is why are they having to, uh, you know, you have to kind of keep backing that story up and going, especially if they're a better, a decent player, right? It's like, well, this is a, they're making this pretty functional. So um, why are they having to do this, you know, to make it work? And I, I, I see, I see things run around flat and run around forever and pick up speeds at the wrong time. And they just have to do so much work the other way. And then, like you said, um, how hard can I back out of it and break to let, give this thing a chance to catch up before I hit it, you know, straight to the right. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, I think it's probably a little more holistic of kind of going to each segment a little bit and understanding sort of where where does it first break down and i've never had any luck just trying to take somebody that's say cross the line or say no risk cock or say um too late off and just go straight there and purely there um you know i tend to whether it's whether it's on plane or whatever you may want to call it you know my mind's sort of around how these things happen and 
I want to get somebody's body on plane before I go straight out to the most farthest away thing from them that there is that's off. Yeah. Yeah. In the body, of course, um, in the way that it's, you know, loading up and, you know, into the backswing and the changing of the knee flex, like we talked about, you know, is, is leads into your ability to kind of, you know, maybe have better spacing between the knees where you can rotate versus, you know, we certainly see players still today who keep a lot of flexion in the trail yeah. knee um, and turn against it. Brooks Kepka, Jason Day, and, you know, kind of, you know, really kind of, you know, launch per se, take on maybe a little more side bend to the right, but I'm, I'm certainly not going to argue with that with Brooks Kepka, <laughs> right. Jason, you know, like <laughs> they, uh, you know, you, you can find a player that shoots a hole through yeah. anything, you know, really at the end of the day, um, because they're just, there's, there is so many ways to do it. But at the end of the day, when you start working with players, like I think they, they realize perhaps if they do have body breakdown issues, back pain, things like that, that things need to perhaps get a little bit more organized to relieve some of that pressure um, and, and stress on the body, all at Tiger Woods. I mean, we've, we're seeing it um, with Tiger Woods um, and, and what he's doing there. I think we're maybe even starting to see it with Jason Day a little bit um, and from some of the back pain that he's um, been having I don't think it's all golf swing related but I point is is on tour these guys oftentimes are making these kinds of changes because it's body injury absolutely. related yeah absolutely um, you're trying to move everybody towards the most efficient way bodies designed to move right so um, so that they can they get decide they get to quit when they decide to quit not when the body makes them because um, yeah things get dysfunctional at a at big speeds over a gazillion reps and it's just ticking time bomb right yep so give me one thing if you can i know it's it's tough with these higher profile players and what you can share um so i certainly respect that but watching in in uh here in, in a short period of time um i think it's may 17th coming up here uh ricky fowler matthew wolf taking on dustin johnson rory mack or maybe tillery and fulton should just go ahead and um, put their ball in play as well and see if we could. <laughs> I, I, I'm in. I hadn't had a third place finish in a long time. <laughs> we we could uh, we could play a yeah. scramble, um, our ball scramble against their uh, own ball. But give me just if you can one thing I'm gonna see with Ricky. Who? That I might not have recognized before because I can see his swing. You know, like we know it gets a little laid off, a little steep. You know, kind of spins away from it yeah, a little bit going probably. back. But probably kind of be looking in, in right there, exactly kind of what you said. So I'm going to see a little more load. I'm hoping so. So trying to keep it, yeah. Okay. You know, it's the uh, somebody that tells that club when it's time to quit going that direction and when it's time to go the other way. And um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm all about, I know all about spinning versus loading because my golf swing is a, is a spinner. <laughs> like I spin off the post hang left and then i'm just i have a hell of a yeah, time getting yeah. out of the impact, you know? <laughs> so i'm i know all about trying to load feeling like i'm swaying you know and then have but but having the time you know to kind of do what i want to do with the shaft coming down and then feeling like i have more um, rotational freedom right. through impact yeah i mean I, I when you get down to it everybody kind of rolls their eyes around timings and and whatever and it's like there's no you know there's no such thing as good shots when bad with bad times and bad accelerations and changes in speeds at the wrong time or the wrong amounts or amplitudes like so everything we're doing on the uh is to make that game easier to repeat yeah 
Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what, what, you know, Ricky wants. That's what Kevin wanted. That's what Tiger wants. That's what, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, I would imagine they're trying to take stress off their body long-term. They want to play this game for the next right. 25 years. Right. So it's, they're trying to take stress off the body um, and they're trying to make it repeatable. So it's, it's, yeah, it, you know, I, I totally get that. And, and um, it's going to be fun to watch, man. I, I just, I don't really care who's hitting the ball, you know. I just it's just going to be fun to watch some of the best players in the I mean, world. Nice to turn some sports on in general, on right? Again. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I miss them. You know, I miss watching Ricky and DJ and you know, like you just you know, they're the best at their craft, and you miss watching them do it and compete and, and get after it. So it's yeah. going to be fun here down at Seminole um, when they tee it up, and the Charles Schwab Challenge is coming. I actually played Colonial in February. Great Love place. Yeah, it really is, and that's got to be a good spot. For yeah, kids. I would think kids has to. Yeah, that's one of the. That's on probably one of the short list. You know, I guess he won there, and I can't remember what year yeah. now, but um, it was his second win, I yeah. believe. And uh, yeah, so that's champ. a yep. uh, man. That's a good one. It's a little bit of a departure from what we where we're yep. seeing everything head, and that's probably why we're a little more fond of it too. But it's a great golf course, a lot of history. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting-edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter-weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show. Last question on these tour players. How much do these guys want you to validate it with technology versus what you're telling them? You know, I think everybody's a little different. To be honest with you, um, I have kind of, I won't say I've moved away, but I don't do a lot of, I, I use technology a lot of times for confirmation or to kind of throw in there and let them see if it's a little bit of a tool that they can use sometimes away from me to kind of keep them within range, if you want to say that. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think some guys want to know a little bit of that. And then the majority of my guys, you know, uh, Ricky's been beating on people's heads since he was like eight or whatever. And my other three are rednecks, so they're really not that into it. <laughs> I got like a hundred gazillion dollars worth of gadgets and nobody wants to get on them. <laughs> that's, that's <good. laughs> oh man, that's, uh, well, geez, maybe I'll send it. Maybe, maybe I'll send a couple of my students up there. Then I, I'm out, I'm out here with a uh, 2d video and track, man. I mean, I'll send them up there and you can like wrap some wires around them or something. <laughs> no, that's good though. I love it. I mean, it's, it's awesome good. stuff to have. We got more technology than ever had. Um, you know, the baseline and, and confirming or helping validate a plan is kind of where I see its role versus me yeah. trying to stand there and change a pattern while they're hooked up on something, you know, it's, um, didn't do so good yeah. at that. Yeah. 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 It's an interesting time. You know, I, I, I enjoy the technology. Um, it's fun to learn about it. It's fun to move your, your teachings forward and validation when you need to. But, you know, at the end of the day, like if, if you've looked at swings enough on track, man, you kind of start anticipating what the numbers are, right. you know, and what, what's happening, what you're looking at and then matching them up to the numbers. I think so, test centers and things like that um, are awesome for those guys. And they have kind of a general range of their numbers. Yeah. I think that's awesome for them to keep in um, as an, uh, you know, maybe as more of an external kind of tool. It's, it's great, but you know, 
when it's all said and done in, in the yeah. in the wise words of one of my best friends on the road scott hamilton when it's all said and done somebody's got to shoot up everybody a hole and shoot a birdie <laughs> that's, see, that's why i like you that's why i like you and scott so much because we just kind of we just talk the same language and we just like keep it right in front yeah. of you man you know it's not doing anybody any good to be throwing this you know moment arm and alpha and yeah i mean i think like, as a coach you need to understand a lot of that but the you know the guy the player in front of you couldn't care less and it's like who are you who are you talking to with this right. so um they hired yeah. you. To, they hired you to understand yeah, yeah, what they need yeah. to work on and how to do it, and want their results to kind of trace or to follow it. So, <laughs> well, it's awesome, man. I'm. Uh, well, it's awesome, man. I'm. Uh, I'm excited uh, for this year. I'm excited for uh, your boys. Um, excited to see Kisner get back to the Colonial and uh, and uh, and, uh, and yes, play sir. that golf course again where he won, and then um, and I'm excited for Ricky and where he's going and uh, your career there with uh, Bryce and Scott Brown and get back yes, out there sir. on the tour. So. Um, I'm a fan. We'll stay in touch, and uh, I appreciate your time, man, coming on here. And um, All right, my man. I, you got it. Enjoyed it. All right. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Stripe Show podcast. I'm Travis Fulton. We'll see you next time.